Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You like this one, Hugh? Not at all. No? No. Oh, that's not a way to I, welcome I can our next just guest. imagine, you know, some people dancing off beat at the club listening to this right now. No, I'm not. not a I know someone who probably likes it. Elliot Shore Parks joins us right now on the Midday Show. Elliot, how we doing? Man, I'm, I'm dancing on beat to that right now. You got like, it? That's a, it's a banger right there, of course. That's, absolutely. Nah, I would not consider that a banger. No, it's not a banger. It's not a banger. But, 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 but it is a great song. It but is. Not enough to be a banger, but, it, but it is a great song. It, it certainly fits in. At with, least he knew he oversold it just a little that's bit. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's what we do on WIP. Bit. We oversell sometimes. Better to oversell exactly. than undersell. Elliot, hopefully uh, this injury for Joel Embiid, it, it was oversold last night. Hopefully it's not as bad as it may have looked or we think. But let me ask you this, Elliot. As we, uh, we're a week and a day from the NBA trade deadline. Do you think that the Joel injury situation should change the way the Sixers approach the deadline? And obviously meaning by that not going all in because of the fear that he's going to miss a lot of time here. No, absolutely not. I think if, any, if it changes anything, I think it puts more pressure on them to go out and do something. Because for, for two reasons. One, when Joel is healthy, they're 26-8. and eight. They're arguably the best team in the NBA when he's healthy. The Celtics are right there with him. The Bucks have played good. Uh, but they're arguably the best team. And so I think that you have to look at reinforcing this roster because when this roster is healthy, they're the best. But, but let's say that he's not healthy. This is your chance to go get a guy, like to go get a Deontay Murray, to go get a LeBron James, somebody that can carry this team or at least have a better chance to carry this team than the players you would be trading out. So, no, I don't think last night changes anything. And if it does, I think it just reinforces more pressure that this trade deadline is a massive one because you have to make the move now as opposed to this offseason. Speaking of pressure, what do you make of the rumor that there was pressure for Joel to play last night because he felt pressure for not playing in Denver? Yeah, so I'll I'll start by saying I was happy Joel played last night. Like, I I like to see Joel. The team had lost three straight games. They didn't have Maxi. They were missing other key guys. Like, I like that Joel wanted to go out there and play. I thought it was like an admirable admirable thing to do, and I thought it was a good leadership thing to do. But if he did it because he felt pressure from the outside, like, I don't like that motive. I don't think Joel should be listening to what people say on the outside. The reason I was disappointed he didn't play in Denver is because it was portrayed like it was a 50-50 thing, and then he, he just, you know, the team decided to be cautious. I thought that was a game where it was worth pushing through because of the stage. And I think last night, like, was also one that was worth going out there and trying. I think the mistake that they made was keeping him in. Like, it was very clear after the first eight minutes that, that he was not himself. So 
I hope he didn't play because of outside noise. I think that would be the wrong reason to make a decision. But the real mistake that was made was keeping him in. Elliot, who do you blame more for when this happens? And it's happened many times over his career where he's kind of half in, half out, 50-50, and then he's the one that says he's going to give it a go. I mean, we know there's doctors there that will look him over, but I think a lot of this is they're going off of what he's telling them, right? If he says, I feel fine, they're not in his body. They're going to say, all right. And if he says, I, I'm in bad shape here, obviously they're not going to push him. It, it's weird because we don't know why he plays when he does or doesn't when he doesn't. It, uh, we just see whether he's on the court or not. Do you have more frustration with him when this happens, or is it the team for not saying, hey, Joel, you need to just sit tonight? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question because I don't even know if blame is the right word. Like, I, I can't fault the guy for wanting to play. Like, the whole thing with Joel's career has been he's hurt, he doesn't play, you know, he's not there in big moments. So I, that's why, again, I thought last night like was an admirable decision. I thought it was the correct decision for Joel to make. So, you know, should there be someone sitting there and going, look, like you can't play. And I think we saw that it was very obvious when that game started that, that he shouldn't have been out there. So for last night, if I had to say who I thought dropped the ball more, I think it was on the Sixers. And I think they dropped the ball in Denver too. Like they, they helped create the perception that he was close to playing, right? I mean, before the game, he wasn't on the injury report. He warmed up. He traveled to Denver, obviously. And so the perception was he was going to play. And I think that's on the team. And then last night, you look at it again. I think a good decision by Joel to go out there. But they needed to be, you know, for, better, for lack of a better term, like the adult in the room and say, hey, man, like we like that you want to play, but, but you're, you're out. Like you're not playing anymore. So I think last night was more on the sector. We're talking to Elliot Shore Parks here, Sixers, Joel waiting for MRI results. And then obviously there's a big offseason going on right now with the Eagles. Elliot, what do you, what do you make of the Belichick stuff that keeps coming out? Yesterday, Greg Bedard up in Boston on 98.5 said the Eagles poked around on Belichick. He believes, and he's heard, if Sirianni maybe wasn't amenable to the changes, that Belichick could be here. Obviously they made their decision, but it does seem like from a lot of different reports, Florio, Greg Bedard, they poked around the Belichick. What do you make of how this whole played out and what we're hearing? Yeah, I think the Eagles dodged a bullet. Like, if they actually had interest in Belichick and it didn't work out, I think it's one of the best things that's happened to this franchise since they didn't hire Josh McDaniels. Like, I think Belichick would have been an absolute disaster here. And if the reason that they, they, you know, in some ways picked Sirianni over Belichick is because Sirianni was willing to work with them on the staff, then that's even more of a reason why, why I think it's good that Belichick's not here. Belichick coming to this team would have been a disaster. He doesn't work well with people. You saw that in New England. He's not a good head coach if he doesn't have Tom Brady. And he can't fix what the main problem with this team is, which is that Jalen Hurts took a step back last year. So if they had interest, like, I think that would have been a mistake. But my main takeaway when I heard that was, man, like, great thing for this team that it didn't work out because they're in way better situation with Nick Sirianni as their head coach than they would have been with Bill Belichick. So I'm on the opposite side. I think they made a mistake here not going with Belichick. But they're going with, with the, because he's a better coach than Sirianni. How's he a better coach? Elliot. His, Tell his, me. His entire career in the NFL. With Tom Brady. No, with not, not Tom just Brady. with Tom Brady. He got the Browns to the playoffs in the 90s. He took Matt Castle to an 11-win season. They scored 420 points with Matt Castle. He's yeah, a bad – no, Elliot, hold on. The Eagles, he's a, won, the Eagles won 11 games last year and made the playoffs last year. So your feeling of what Belichick accomplished without Brady is the floor of why you fear – can't do the so, the, but there's more to it. What I believe is Bill has lost it as an executive. He can't. He, he can't do it. I mean, he's he's just a coach now. And here, he'd have players. He doesn't have players in New England, albeit it's his fault. He doesn't have players. But I don't think he's lost it as a coach. I think he doesn't have the player. Didn't have the players. 
I mean, Elliot, Andy's last three years here are the same as, as Bill's last three years in New England. Doesn't mean you forget to coach. You just have a bad few years. Well, so a couple things. One, Andy was, I believe, 55 when he left the Eagles. Belichick is 72. I don't know many 72-year-olds that have had success that are super open to changing the way they do things. So you're right. Like Part of his downfall is personnel. But if you think Belichick would have came here and worked with Howie Roseman, then I think you're being delusional as to how this would have worked out. Like in Bel- If you read the coverage of how it fell apart in New England, because he didn't listen to anybody. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't work with Kraft anymore. He was only hiring his own guys. So I agree that, look, if Belichick wanted to come in and be a defensive coordinator, yeah, maybe I'd have some interest in that, although I really wouldn't want him in the building. But if he wanted to do that, like, I might be open to it. But as someone that's running the team and is going to have say on things, no, I don't think he's proven at all that he's the guy for the job unless you're bringing prime Tom Brady with him. Well, that's not happening because that those days no, are over. A Kiss the baby. All right, so, Elliot, what do you think about how this played out? So I think we discussed last week the Fangio thing, but now it's complete, right? The whole thing is complete because Kellen Moore is on offense. What, what's your updated take on the coaching staff, specifically the Kellen Moore hire? Yeah, so I think Kellen Moore, they're probably, and you, maybe you would know the answer to this off the top of your head, but I don't think there's probably another – offensive coordinator in the league that has called plays for what will be now a, stri- a six straight season without being a head coach. Mm. Like there can't be many guys that are, have, have as many, as many reps at doing this in a row as Kellen Moore does. So I do think that from a pure experience standpoint, this is an upgrade. Like I, I think that Brian Johnson got a bit of a, a bad rap here. Like I think he was a better, a better coach than he was given credit for, but I think his inexperience hurt the team last year. I think Kellen Moore is going to come in, and while he's not as experienced as Vic Fangio, I think he brings experience. Like, he's done it a bunch of years in a row. He's called plays for multiple uh, quarterbacks. He's worked with multiple head coaches, multiple franchises. So I think he just has a lot of experience that Brian Johnson didn't have. I don't think that uh, he's going to come and bring some, like, crazy new offense where we're seeing all types of new plays. And Like, I think he'll bring different things. But I don't think he's an exciting hire from like a Chip Kelly perspective. Like when Chip came, it was, what are we going to see? I think you know what you're going to see with Kellen Moore. But I think his experience and, you know, the production he's had is a positive. So I think it's a good hire. Elliot, I think you're right. I just scrolled quickly through, you know, the NFL play calls from this year. I think you're right on that. And, you know, uh, excluding head coaches, I don't right. think anyone yeah, has, has, co- has called plays for this long, uh, you know, again, consistently. That, that's, a, that's a really interesting point on Kellen Moore. All right, Elliot, let's talk well, about – The other part of that really quick is if you look at Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick sticking around, a big concern of, high, of this, like, structure is if you lose your play caller – like maybe they're not going to lose Kellen Moore. Like he hasn't been a head coach yet, and if you look, a lot of coordinators are sticking around. So I think there's a good chance if he does good, Kellen Moore will be here in 2025. Yeah, continuity. I mean, that's always a good thing, especially for a guy like Hertz, who you know we've heard that that's when he's at his best. All right, Elliot, let's let's take a big picture look at the off season. I think there's there's probably one of two ways they could go here, right? They could try to run most of it back not take big cap hits, try to fix the holes, and try to really compete next year. And that means, you know, maybe keeping guys like Slay and or Bradbury. Or they could take a sledgehammer to it. And Howie's done that before when they've kind of felt like they're in some trouble here. Elliot, what do you think they should do? What do you think is more likely? So I, I think you probably have to take a sledgehammer to the linebacker and, and safety position. Like, you, you need all new bodies there. Like, Reed Blankenship can come back and compete for a job, and I'm fine with him starting. But you need another safety opposite uh, Blankenship. Sidney Brown, I think, has potential, but he's coming off a major knee injury. You can't count on him being a starter. A linebacker, you know, if you want to bring Zach Cunningham back, sure. If you want to give Nakobe a chance in camp, like, whatever. 
But I think you have to go out and get impact players there. I'm not of the mind of moving on from Slay and Bradbury. And the Bradbury thing, I'll preface by saying, if they cut him, they lose $10 million in cap space. I don't think it's a situation where Bradbury, where you can't have him in the building. Like, mm. I'm, I'm ha- like he can come in, he can compete for a job. I think he brings a somewhat high floor as a backup just because of all the experience he has. And I don't think he'll be a detriment if Eli Ricks or Kelly Ringo is starting over him. So I'm not willing to take a cap hit like that and lose that cap space to get him out of the building. So I would bring both back. But with Bradbury, the expectation is, like, you got to compete for your job. Mm. You think Bradbury could play safety? Sometimes, no. sometimes corners do do it. Rod Woodson did it late in his uh, career. Troy did it. Troy Vincent did it Troy late in his career. It. Yeah, when he, I think he went to Buffalo, he yeah. played safety. I just – I don't know if Bradbury has, like, the agility and mm-hmm. the, the – to, to, to do Definitely that. He does and not have the hips to do it. He got, he <laughs> right. <laughs> and I also don't think he has the speed. Like you, I don't certainly couldn't play single high space. Right. And he's not a good tackler. So I don't really think you want him as your last line of defense. So I, I think his role at this point is you got to hope the coordinator gets better play out of him or he's like a great backup to have in case someone gets hurt. Yeah, it'll be interesting how they play it. I mean, they probably can move on from one of these guys to take cap pit, but, you know, once you start doing two or three, it really affects the cap. Elliot, always appreciate hopping on, and we'll be listening when you're on on WIP. And, of course, Clap Your Hands podcast. I'm sure you guys will be reacting to the uh, the Embiid injury whenever we get the news. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, subscribe all your podcast platforms. There he goes. Elliot. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.